Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker. And as you can see, I am not at home. I'm on the road. I'm actually in Las Vegas. And I'm actually about to catch a flight in like 30 minutes so uh, to Sacramento. So, you know, I appreciate everybody that's that's tuned in right now. I just kind of wanted to come on and, and rap with y'all about the, the 49ers uh, win over the Atlanta Falcons, 31 to 13, I believe, and just kind of briefly go over some of the, the, the key things I thought happened in that game. Uh, again, I have to record a, I'm gonna have to fly in 30 minutes. So my mind might be scrambling just a little bit, not able to really focus on one thing. But I, I wanna say, you know, that was an awesome win by the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they came out, they handled the business the way that they had to. And, and that was big, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that a lot of people talked about as last in DVOA, right? Whatever that means. I don't even know what exactly that means. That's some analytical stuff. But I think it could be summed up as they're not very good. They're not very good. The Atlanta Falcons weren't very good on either side of the ball. They're just last overall in DVOA, whatever that stuff means. And, you know, when you look at the 49ers, and I always talk about it, and people come off, they come at me as if, like, I'm like some hater or, or unhappy about the 49ers and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I just want the 49ers to play like what I believe they are in my head. And when I look, when I watch a game like that with a, against a team like Atlanta, you're supposed to handle them, right? You're supposed to handle them. And it was really cool, really cool to see the 49ers come out and do that. Uh, it was really cool to see the 49ers really on both sides of the ball, just flying around, making things happen, making plays. Uh, I'll talk a little bit, you know, about the individual performances of guys. And I know you guys want to get to Amber Thomas. We'll get to that as well. But just looking at the 49ers and in my head, what I think the 49ers need to do to be a legit playoff team. You have to play in games like this. You got to hit those teams in the mouth and you have to never let your foot off the gas pedal. And I thought the 49ers did an amazing job of doing that. The teams that you're supposed to beat, you got to beat them that way. Now it didn't start off great, right? We're talking about the opening kickoff was fumbled. There was another time that Hasty kind of misjudged the ball while it was in the air and, I mean, ended up, I don't know, 49ers had to try to drive like 90 yards or whatever it was. So they, they definitely had to figure out the special teams part of things. Special teams, just in general, not just Hasty, but, I mean, the punts. I don't know what's going on with Mitch, uh, Mitch Wisnowski, his kickoffs. I like the thought of kicking the ball short of the end zone to make teams return the ball, but you can't kick it like 15 yards short of the goal line and just letting guys – catch and run and, tack, you know, get tackled at the 35-yard line over and over. So uh, Mitch Wichnowski has been pretty disappointing. But um, I really want to start off with the positives that I saw. And, you know, you have to start with, one, the defense that showed up on the goal line after the the kickoff return fumble by Hasty. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, man, he had big, big, big stops between the, the one on that first drive and he had another one maybe on – the last drive from Atlanta, but just Tart flying around, you know, I thought 49ers might have lost him for a second. Uh, he uh, he rolled his, he got his leg kind of stuck underneath the guy, and I'm like, oh, man, Tart's out, not good. And luckily, they wrapped his ankle up. He came back. That was great. Tart, Tart made some big-time plays on fourth down right there in coverage. That first one against Pitts was terrific uh, to knock the ball away, and I think – Tart, he's a guy, I think 
49er fans probably, I don't want to say that they don't appreciate Tart. I do think that the fans get frustrated with the time that Tart misses. But when Tart's on the field, there's no doubt about how good of a football player he is. No doubt about it. So I've always liked Tart, really, and Ward. I've had a great appreciation for both guys. I think they're both terrific safeties, especially when they're out there. But I think most people would say they are frustrated with Tart because of the injuries. But he, I don't think he's someone that he, he just – you just replaced. And one thing about Tart in his game, I remember watching the All-22 on Tart and being like, man, this is kind of boring. And the reason why Tart's, like, All-22 is kind of boring to me is because he was always where he was supposed to be. And it wasn't, like, super flashy, but it was just in coverage, he was there. You know, he knew where he was supposed to be at. He knew where he was supposed to go. He's flying down. He's making tackles around the line of scrimmage. He's solid in coverage. You know, Tart does a lot of really good things. And I think a lot of it kind of gets overlooked because, you know, he'll miss games with injuries. So shout out to Tart being out there um, making some big plays on fourth down stops. That was terrific. And, um, you know, to kind of – We'll get into Amber Thomas in a second, but um, you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought Jimmy from the jump was really good. I really want to talk about his performance. One second. <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo. <coughs> Excuse me. How Jimmy played, like there, people, somebody tagged me in something today and they're like, this this chick had tweeted out, the Jimmy haters are quiet today. And a guy tagged me in it, like insinuating that I'm a Jimmy hater. And that is not, that's not, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, my thing with, with Jimmy is you, you start for a reason to get a certain outcome more times than not, right? So it's to win. And Jimmy, throughout his time with the 49ers, has been able to win. Now, in some losses this year, a lot of it, I don't want to say a lot of it, but there have been some losses that are out of his control, right, where they lost. And at one point in the season, the 49ers were 2-4. and four. There's a lot of people, who were the college file, Kyle Shanahan? The 49ers were 2-4 and four on a four-game losing streak. And that was a team that did not have those type of expectations. So from my standpoint, it was if the way Jimmy's playing, which wasn't bad, some of those games, some games, you know, weird moments. Bengals game was weird. But Jimmy would have some weird moments. And if the way – if Jimmy has to play like that, where you feel like you got to run the ball 40 times to take the ball out of his hands, then at that point it's what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that. what are we doing? That, that's, that was my thing. But when people call me or someone comes out and says, oh, you're a Jimmy hater, no, I'm not. I just want Jimmy to play like what we saw yesterday. Now, again, that was an extreme – that was that was a more of an extreme example, right? I thought Jimmy was lights out. Uh, you know, I thought he was he was sharp. He was on point. He made plays. Uh, I always talk about how at certain points you just need your quarterback to make plays, right? Uh, watching the the Bengals game, the 49ers went cold second half. Watching the Seahawks game, the 49ers went cold second half. And at some point, it's like, all right, like I need my quarterback to stop the bleeding. I need my quarterback to make a play. And a lot of times Jimmy just didn't make that play. So it's like, okay, I, I need to see that from Jimmy. And I thought this game, when things weren't perfect around him, he still made the play. Why didn't he get why didn't he get sacked? Well, yeah, Atlanta has the worst pass rush in the league, but 
there were other times when the pocket did collapse around him and it was like, oh, he's about to go down. And he shrugged the guy off, made the guy miss. Guy's hanging on him, get the ball out. You know what I'm saying? So you don't get behind the sticks. Those are the things where people say, oh, he's he's taking, he look at, what, what do you want him to do? Look at this guy. I want him to make a play. And I thought he did a terrific job against Atlanta doing that. So that allowed the 49ers to stay ahead of the sticks. I thought he was extremely accurate. Um, he's hitting guys in stride uh, on the crossing routes. So you have the big run after catch opportunities. That was terrific. Uh, I thought I thought Jimmy, if Jimmy plays like that, and that's the thing, I, we don't know if he's, I don't know if he has that in the bag again. You know, obviously we'll see Thursday, but I know Jimmy is capable of playing like that. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows that Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of playing like that. And if he does, 49 is going to be really tough to beat with his regular season playoffs, no matter who they play. All right, so we need that version of Jimmy all the time. And I thought, and if we do, 49 can go really far. That was really cool to see him play at that high of a level. And I think the people that are, I don't want to call them Jimmy truthers, but the, 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 there's a lot of people that think that's always how Jimmy plays. And that's not the case. That's not the case. But he will have games like that. So, you know, between that game and some of the other games we've seen in recent weeks, they, they were definitely different. And and we need more of the Atlanta Jimmy Garoppolo if the 49ers want to take a big step forward. That That's just what the 49ers are going to need. So it was awesome to see Jimmy Garoppolo play like that. I loved it. Uh, I know if, the, if Jimmy plays well, the 49ers have a better chance to win. And ultimately for me, that's what I want. I want 49ers. I want Jimmy Garoppolo to win. I want 49ers to win. And I think everybody wins in that situation. My guy Benjamin Solak said it. I mean, Benjamin uh, Albright said it. Uh, you know, if the 49ers win, that just – and Jimmy looks like what he did. All that does is increase his trade value. So, you know, that's not me saying that I want to kick Jimmy Garoppolo off the team or that I'm a hater. It just is what it is. 49ers drafted a quarterback number three overall. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, it, you know, his, his days are numbered. But in the meantime, play well. Because if you do well, the team does well. And ultimately, you know, the very does the more 49ers get back. So uh, keep playing well, Jimmy Garoppolo. It was really exciting to see if he keeps, continues to play like that, 49ers can go really far. I won't be able to be on here for too much longer because, again, I got to hop on this flight. But um, I want to talk about the defense flying around. They did a terrific job, but clearly there was there was a weakness. And I want to make my, my thoughts on – I want to make my thoughts on – Amber Thomas very clear. I think that I think that Amber Thomas, he has all the ability, right? Whatever, and I always talk about that, right? Like when you when you look to draft a guy, you have to ask yourself, does this guy have the ability? Does he have the potential to be what it is I want him to be? Right? Same thing, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's uh, you know, Aaron Banks, wh whoever. Right, Elijah Mitchell. You want to see signs of can this guy do the things that I believe that he can do when I went to draft him. And when I'm watching Ambry Thomas, he he can, right? I'm I'm watching him. I'm watching him get in phase. You know, are guys just getting on top of him with speed? I didn't think so. Does he struggle to run with guys? No, I didn't think so. You know, is he getting in phase? Like the crazy thing, he's doing everything right up until the catch point. So there's a couple of things that I take away from that. One, you know, you can't, 
it's it's not as easy as just saying all oh, every time it sucks. Like, but at one point I was like, all right, you kind of have to get him out because he's too much of a liability, right? Too much of a liability. I think how people felt about Josh Norman, how you guys think of Josh Norman in your head, where he would give up a play and you guys, oh, he's always this net. That's not the what you guys are thinking is what happened to Amber Thomas. That is, that hasn't happened to Josh Norman at all. Nothing like that. So you you watch Ambry Thomas, and again, I'm encouraged by his ability to be in position, to get in phase, to run with guys. From that standpoint, I don't have anything to worry about. So I think with Ambry Thomas, again, I know everybody's going to get distracted by the result of the play, which is big. But I saw somebody earlier in the comments say, Ambry Thomas is a year away. He's not a year away. Ambry Thomas is a play away. And what I mean by that is he's in position to, to, to make the play. Now he, he just has to finish. But how, again, and there's ups and downs with rookies. And I'll get to some of these uh, super chats real quick I got in here. I appreciate my guy, uh, Black, Black Caesar. Black Caesar, there we go. Appreciate that, big dog. Uh, Amory Thomas will be good over time. He needs to drink some milk and hit the gym. Mosley wasn't able, wasn't always good either. And look at him now. Uh, I think Mosley was always good. <laughs> I think Mosley was always good. And Mosley is, uh, he definitely wasn't as physically capable as Amory Thomas. Then built different. Mosley was built more slight. I think being stronger helps. And maybe that's something he'll he'll work on to be able to finish better at the top of the routes. But I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything from an ability standpoint that was the issue with Amber Thomas. Everything I saw from Amber Thomas was just like, bro, you just got to make the play at the catch point. You just can't let dog, guys dog you at the catch point. When the ball is in the air, this is and now this is me, and I can say this like I'm not just somebody that talks on Twitter about it. What I would have did or could have whatever. When the ball is in the air, for me, the ball it was mine. That was the mindset every time. That gets dogged a couple of times throughout my career, I'm pretty sure. But when the ball is in the air, that's me. And that's the mindset. Oh, how dare they? How dare they throw the ball at me? <laughs> Let me go get that. You know what I'm saying? One year in the arena league, I had 11 interceptions. Like the mindset was the I mean, and you can watch some of my highlights if you if you type in Eric Crocker, TV highlights, whatever. And you'll see this times I had to go up with guys six foot seven. At the end of the day, I don't care how big you are. That don't matter to me. All that matters is the ball is in the air and that ball is mine. And right now with Ambry Thomas, it doesn't feel like he's going up with that same confidence. It don't feel like that. It feels like he's going up like, uh, I think I think I'm gonna get it, but I might not get it, but I, I can get it. And then oh damn, the other people make the play. And 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 that's his that's his issue. That's his issue. So let's let's compare him, let's uh compare him to Spoon, right? And I see a lot of people around here with a spoon. With a spoon, they're not the no, it's not, it's not even, it's not close. It it is in the sense of the moments that y'all want to pick out in your head from Witherspoon. And Witherspoon never got targeted. Like, he never got dog like that multiple times in a game. So so with spoon, did he have uh, issues sometimes at the catch point, sure, but not to that extent. 
but y'all won't remember the times he did make plays on the ball. There'd be a game where Witherspoon was targeted five. Matter of fact, let's talk about like the Vikings game, right? I remember Vikings game early, what was it, 2019, I believe. No, when the 49ers played Vikings week one, 2018. 2018, you know what I'm saying? People say stuff like this, Brad, this is not, this is not right. All right, so here, here's an example. 2018, 49ers played Vikings week one. All right, Witherspoon was targeted five times. He gave up one catch. That one catch happened to be a touchdown. Down the left sideline to uh, Stephon Diggs, perfect ball over the shoulder, uh, Spoon had his hand in there, didn't get the ball out, he gives up that catch. He was targeted four other times in the game, had, pass, had multiple pass breakups, had great uh, positioning on bench routes, but nobody remembers those four other plays and the pass breakups that he had. But they remember that one play. And that's and that was that's kind of how people view Witherspoon's career. They'll look at one play, maybe two that happened in the game, and be like, "Damn, Spoon's always doing this." And no, that was not the case with Witherspoon. It wasn't. I have plenty of threads and all type of stuff going through like all targets over long stretches of games, and he'd give up a catch here and there. He, you know, whatever. But Spoon was. Spoon was pretty good. Spoon was pretty good, but he gets a bad rap from 49er fans. Now, the Steelers are like, thank you. <laughs> he got targeted in the first half yesterday. I watched him get targeted like four times, all incomplete, locking up receivers against Tennessee. Uh, but here we go. Hold on. Spoon in 2019 got cooked for five touchdowns in two weeks versus the Rams, Seahawks, Vikings. Yeah, okay, do you want to talk about it? All right, so I remember the Seahawks game. He gave up two touchdowns. One was to Lockett, one was to DK Metcalf. The DK Metcalf one was a fade, inexcusable. Inexcusable, right? At the catch point, you got to be able to guard that. Uh, there was another one that was in the back of the end zone on a scramble play, and he had perfect position. Obviously, he didn't get the ball out. I would like to see how many times he was targeted in that game and if he made – any other plays against the Rams. He gave up a touchdown in that game on a uh, crossing route. You got to have a robber on the other side. They had him as the outside man, outside shade on the outside guy, which was Cooper cup. And all they did was drag Cooper cup across the formation. Uh, so Witherspoon got caught up in kind of the traffic of the pick play, which essentially that's what it was. It was a uh, trips left bunch. Witherspoon was outside shade on that. So once they did the drag route right now, the only way to really help him is to get somebody to come down and rob on the other side, have somebody waiting on the other side. 49ers did not have that. Cooper Cup was able to catch it and run in for like an 18-yard touchdown un uncovered. So some of it, how much of it is good play, good scheme by the Rams on that? How much was it just uh, Spoon can't cover? And that was always my thing when it came to Witherspoon, which people telling me he can't cover, which I was like, that's not, that's not the case. Will he give up plays? Yeah. He wasn't shut down. But he definitely was a lot better, in my opinion, than what most fans thought. Now, you could take plays like, I mean, you could take things like this. Where is it at? Spoon crumbles mentally under pressure. Be and you can, you, can, you, can, you can take that, right? And you could say, okay, he, he, he crumbles under pressure without looking at the aspect of every play for a cornerback is pressure. 
So what do you mean by he crumbles under pressure when every snap for a cornerback is pressure? Because at the cornerback position, any any bad step, any misstep here and there, it's six. So the pressure for a cornerback doesn't start at the end of a game. Matter of fact, didn't he get a pick to steal a game against the Cardinals last year? When the 49ers beat the Cardinals, was it not pressure that time when he got the interception in the end zone to beat Arizona? See what I'm saying? So I think we pick and choose sometimes what we want to be a pressure moment. Cornerback position is always pressure. Every single play, every play, always pressure. They're always capable of going up top on you. You got to be on point every single play. And any misstep, you're liable to give up a catch. Here we go. Look at it. If Spooner Thomas can make those plays consistently, they would have been first-round picks. They were third rounds for a reason. They had measurables. I would say, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's that simple. That's like saying, if you know, if DK, if DK Metcalf, if AJ Brown, if Debo Samuel, like they made plays consistently in college. They were all second round picks. Debo, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, like they all did it. So sometimes with the draft, it's not as simple as that. I think there could be people that think you're a good football player. Is just what is you know where is this guy likely to go? And they listen to Buzz. They listen to other draft Knicks, uh, you know guys like Mel Kiper. Where's this guy projected? And they go off of that to see when they can draft a guy. You know what I'm saying? If there's more buzz, hype around a guy, that can push a guy up a draft board. With Witherspoon coming out, which he was my, I had, so my corners in that class, my CB1 was Tredavious White. My CB2 was Akella Witherspoon. So I think it just depends on how you, how people see it. But when it comes to the cornerback position and you start talking about consistency, I think there's a couple of different things there. Because I can see if a guy has potential to overcome it. Like Embry Thomas, I think at some point it's going to start going his way. I thought that with Trevon Diggs last year. It, it kind of looks like Trevon Diggs a little bit. I remember Trevon Diggs was getting beat last year, and I was like, he's right there. Like he's challenging guys. He's right there. He just has to start making plays on the ball. This year he has 10 interceptions now. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Embry Thomas, but I'm just saying just in, in general. Oh my guy, Darius here. Uh, the average fan doesn't respect the skill it takes to play corner. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. I think on top of not really understanding the skill it takes to play corner, I think they don't understand what all goes into playing corner and just what the life of a cornerback is. I think that's the, that's the, that's the part the fans just don't understand, the life of playing cornerback. And that's, that's difficult. Those are our receivers, not a cornerback. Uh, I'm talking about just with the thoughts of consistency at any position. A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell, okay, so you want to use corners. A.J. Terrell was getting dogged. Like, I saw him get dogged uh, against Clemson. Um, I mean, not against Clemson, uh, North Carolina. Dami Brown got him down the left sideline. Uh, you know, obviously we saw what happened with him and Jamar Chase in the championship game where Jamar Chase was dogging him in the championship game. So AJ Terrell was the 14th overall or uh, 17th overall pick or whatever, 18th overall pick in that in in the draft still. 
he had moments of what you would call inconsistency. To me, it was just plays of the receiver winning. So it wasn't a matter of being inconsistent. It was a matter of plays not going his way in games. Ambry Thomas, when I watched him, I didn't see just this inconsistent cornerback. We sat down and watched him together. There's a whole full video over an hour of us watching Ambry Thomas film against Notre Dame and games like that. If you really want to see what Ambry Thomas looked like. So uh, I appreciate it, Coach Johnson. Yeah, um, he said, hey, Croc, you and Mike from nothing but Niners remember Spoon much different than all of us. Well, if you go through a lot of my, th this is the reason why, all right? <clears throat> there, so fans are what we, the root, the root word for fans is fanatics, right? So y'all are fanatics. So y'all don't look at it from the standpoint of the actual, like, analysis of the game. I don't think you guys care about that. All you care about is, 49ers winning, all y'all care about is, uh, you know, what you see with your eyes, right? And and the casual fan, when watching the game, doesn't really watch things that go on outside of the play that happens in front of them. All right? So the, the, the fans look at a, a certain thing right here without looking at the totality of everything that's going on. So when I look at, or you say me and, and, and my guy Mike view Witherspoon different is because, and maybe Mike has saw me, I'm looking at everything with Spoon. Y'all look at a play with Spoon. You know what I'm saying? Like I look at an entire game. You guys remember a play that sticks out to you. And that's not your fault. I'm saying that's just in general fans. Fans see and they take from little things what they want to take instead of looking at everything, the, the bigger scope of it. And I'm not to say that y'all are wrong. And I'm not to say that there weren't times when I would have pulled Spoon or whatever the case is. But what I'm saying is the really when you look at it, I don't look at games. Okay, here's a here's a perfect example. I don't look at, and I see my guy right here, it says big plays make small plays look like nothing. See, to me, there is never a small play. And that's that's the difference between how I view film and games and most fans. When, we're, when I play football, I play in the NFL, when I play whatever it is, we do a grading skill. If you did what you're supposed to do on the play, you get a plus. If you did not do what you're supposed to do on the play, you get a minus. All right? And then you add that up over an entire game. How many pluses do you have? How many minuses do you have? I look at the games that way. So I'm looking at – I don't look at one play and let that dictate – how somebody played, in my opinion. I don't look at two plays and let that dictate how somebody played. I look at 70 plays or however many offensive or defensive plays were ran, and I look at that, and then I come with I come with how did that player play. And the moments, right, if there's something that happens at the catch point, or whatever, I look at that as a moment. Now, if it gets excessive with like what we saw from Ambry Thomas yesterday, where the 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 Falcons were just like, all right, forget everything else. We're just going to say hi and just throw deep balls on them, and we're going to catch them. Then that's when I say there's probably an issue there, right? There's probably an issue with how if a team feels like they can say hi and just throw the ball up and their guy's going to come down with it and do it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, whatever it was, then that to me, that okay, there's an issue. If it happens on a touchdown on that one uh, catch by Gage 
and let's say it happens like, one more time, like, all right, I probably won't. But if a team continues to do that and they continue to come down with the ball, then to me there's an issue. All right. But so I didn't really get to get into everything that I wanted to talk about today. As you know, most of you guys that were on here heard me uh, say, uh, <laughs> hard to understand, but and but enjoy learning. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I have to catch a flight, so I'm about to have to get off right now. I appreciate everybody's in here. If you if you like the show, hit the like button, subscribe button. I'm gonna try to go on maybe later tonight with uh, for QB Monday or something like that when I get set up out in Stockton, uh, California. But um, appreciate everybody. Hit the like button, subscribe button, all that good stuff. But yeah, man, with with football, I, I want to use this. I want to use this moment to add context. The, everybody gets paid, so I'm not down on Ambry Thomas. But at the end of the day, it is a business, and you have to start making plays. And since Ambry Thomas has been a 49er, he has not made the plays. So that that's the issue. He has all the ability, though. And I don't think it's in the sense of he's one year away. I think he's a play away. Make a, make a play. And if you start knocking the ball away, you start making those type of plays, then, you know, the confidence goes up with him and not just him, the fans as well. But you got to start making plays. Look at uh, Trevon Diggs. Nobody in the NFL has given up more yards than Trevon Diggs. But he has 10 interceptions. So he's made some plays. So it's like, all right. Diggs is giving up the most yards, but y'all don't see that. Fans don't, they don't look at that. They don't look at the plays he gives up. They know he got 10 interceptions. So, like, hey, I want that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, appreciate everybody's in here right now. Much love to everybody that checked in for these 30 minutes. I got to hop off. I got to catch a flight. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. And uh, hopefully I can come back on tonight. I want to get my guy Greg Pinelli on for QB Monday. But until next time, man, we are out, y'all. Peace.